welcome to the podcast, The Common Bridge with Richard Helpy. Rich is a successful entrepreneur in the technology, health, and finance space. He and his wife, Leslie, are also philanthropists with interest in civic and artistic endeavors, but with a primary focus on medically and educationally underserved children. My name is Brian Kruger, and from time to time, I'll be the moderator and host of this podcast. All right, Rich, again, uh, thanks. I'm, I'm going to hit you with some quick takes again. This is not the common bridge. This is me now getting into a habit of trying to pull a, an opinion out of you. Give us what we need to first educate us and tell us what you think about this, what appears to be insider trading and um, and in stocks. What happened with a couple of the Senate, a couple of our senators a few weeks ago before the coronavirus hit? School us on it and tell us what you think. Well, there were four senators involved. Um, there has been accusations made. There has been nothing investigated. Um, but the surface level, it does not look good. Uh, senators who were briefed on the coronavirus sold stock uh, before the stock market went down. Um, it is absolutely illegal for any American to trade based on non-public information, to trade public equities on non-public non information. Uh, there was legislation passed during the Obama administration to specifically uh, prevent uh, uh, members of Congress from doing that, mm -hmm. uh, although the Congress has made it very difficult to enforce that law. Um, and, and here's the thing with insider trading. I've, I've read some of the, the responses from uh, some of the senators, and Senator Burr uh, and others have said, well, you know, I've got an investment advisor that stuff's been over there in a blind trust, and so therefore I don't make the trades. So what? You don't have to say, go sell Delta Airlines, go sell company XYZ, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to go that. Well, all you have to do is go to your investment advisor and say, hmm, you know, <laughs> I, I, the equity markets really seem to be overvalued right now. And I think I'd like to take a little less risk, maybe clear some profits, you know, just have some cash on hand. Hey, it's up to you, Mr. Investment Advisor, but, you know. <laughs> You can do that. All right. um, you know, it, look, it's hard to believe in coincidences when there's so many of the senators that were in the same meetings that heard the same things that then had the same behavior. Mm -hmm. Now, there, there are ways that the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, can monitor to see if those were unusual trades or not. Mm -hmm. So it could be usual, like, for example, every quarter if it if the market's above a certain level that that investor takes profit okay that's sounds more legit if those patterns aren't there and four senators sold within the same time period after receiving these briefings it doesn't pass the sniff test sure and, and now, you, there's a you've been around the block about, a lot so you would you would see that what you just told me, I, I hadn't thought of. You would look at patterns and you would go, look, this is obviously, you guys obviously knew something. You would see that. Is that correct? Well, they have ways of, they have ways of doing that. I know that um, when I, I ran a public company and uh, our stock, if it would move one way or the other, occasionally we'd get a call. Mm -hmm. And as a chief executive, the uh, person on the other end would say, all right, I'm going to read you a list of names. And they would say, do you know Brian Kruger? You know, do you know this person? You know, yes, no, whatever. Mm -hmm. And 
then they'd say, well, when's the last time you talked to Brian Kruger? I'd say, okay, it was about this time. Okay, when, you know, and so forth. Sure. I, I never knew exactly what they were doing, but my guess would be somebody was trading our stock at some point, and they wanted to know if they had any connection to me and if I had talked to them at a particular time mm-hmm. or place. Sure. There's also administrative things that can go wrong where an order is transmitted and it shouldn't have been and somebody mishandles it. It's not generally from a well-run company, but, but that can happen too. Mm-hmm. But, but here's the thing, Brian, on the sales. There's an infinite number of reasons to sell a stock. Some funding a college education, a, a trip, buying a house, you know, just it goes on forever. Sure. Uh, diversification. But there's only one reason to buy a stock. Right. And that's because you think it's going to go up. And Senator, I believe it's Leffler, not only sold stock in a very timely way, mm-hmm. but bought Citrix, which is the engine for a lot of the online meetings. Mm-hmm. So, Oops. and one of the few stocks that, that would do well in an environment when we had to go to online meetings instead of in-person meetings. That smells and bad. And that doesn't pass the sniff test. That's right. That's right. So so, so what do you think becomes it, of that? Because we have other other things, other fish frying right now. Do you think that's something that goes back and, and stings them when the smoke clears from COVID-19? Or do you think, what happens with I, it, this? It, it, it again comes down to the central theme. We will get this behavior until we demand that the people we elect quit behaving like this. And when it first broke, the news was Republican senators sold stock. Mm-hmm. Bad, bad, bad. Right. Well, Dianne Feinstein also sold at the same time. Ouch. Yeah, I, didn't, I hadn't heard Democratic that. Democratic yeah. senator, senior senator from California. All of a sudden, things get real quiet. They have. That's exactly what happened. Because I, I hadn't and, heard and of that. And that's... And that's what I mean about our partisan divide, and that's what I mean about our media complex that will pick up the story if it fits the narrative. We've caught Republicans doing this, therefore bad, the worst thing that could ever happen. When a Democrat senator does the same thing, all of a sudden it's no story. Right. So it's it's either right or it's wrong. And, you know, I don't like the smell of it, period. Sure. Sure. What else, uh, and, and getting away from that topic for a moment, just because I've got your ear now, anything else you're seeing? I mean, I, I, it, we're, we're going to have, um, and this is a tease, uh, next week on the Common Bridge, we're going to have uh, Mort Krim, who was a, a, a news anchor for years in the Detroit area and also in Florida. Uh, it's going to talk a little bit about media responsibility and how they've failed and, uh, and succeeded or, or might not either way. Is there anything you want to talk about on how you feel the media has handled COVID-19? Um, you know, I, I, there certainly is a hype engine going on out there, but it's also a very serious topic. What are your thoughts on that? Well, they have relayed some of the messaging, but depending on what outlet you're on, you can see them using it as a cudgel to blast the current administration. Mm-hmm. Um they, you know, clearly no love loss between, I'll just pick on one, CNN and the and President Trump. Mm-hmm. Clearly. And <laughs> President Trump is a hard guy to like, all right? 
let's let's be very candid about that. He's, uh, he's not a uh, crisis manager, clearly. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy that sold himself to America as either a guy based on competence or on character. <laughs> right. And, you know, he said, vote for me because I'm not like those other guys you've been electing. And I don't like these trade deals on other countries taking advantage of us. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's why he won. So they want to attack his competence. And great. If you're in the seat of the president of the United States, that's part of the job that you get criticized. Mm-hmm. But where they step over the line is when they run yet one more story from unidentified sources, when they run editorials that directly conflict what they've been saying all along. Mm-hmm. And I remember when, you know, some of the print publications like uh, the Washington Post w- was, uh, you know, authoritarian style of uh, Trump is, uh, you know, remaking America and yet the same guys um, that said, you know, Trump was dangerous because he was exercising power. And so, well, what power was he exercising? They didn't know. Now he's not doing enough single-handedly. <laughs> right. And, and you have it on the other side of the coin, too. Um, and I'm putting together a timeline about this whole uh, situation with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And your jaw drops and you say, this senator said this on this particular date and completely reversed themselves in a few weeks. <laughs> right. Now, right. maybe they got used to doing that during the impeachment where they swapped positions that they had during the Clinton impeachment with Trump, and that was on both sides of the aisle. But do they think people don't have a memory that goes back three weeks? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can go over that if you want, um, or we can kind of delay that. But I, I love, we've talked offline about some of the things that you've uncovered or you've taken a look at Um with, with, with the timelines uh, going all the way back to December, and it is a little bit, um, well, it's a lot scary, really. The narrative of what the president's being accused of not doing, mm-hmm. and the timeline doesn't match. It just doesn't work. Yet people will hear the headline from a, and I'm holding up air quotes, news source <laughs> that has been wrong over and over again, and they'll take it and run with it. Like, when are you going to get the idea <laughs> that you're being played. I, again, maybe that's why they do it. There must be a market out yeah, there for it. Yeah, right. Well, we we need to do that at some point. I know you keep kind of putting it off for a responsible reason. You think we've got other fish well, to fry I'm actually, right I'm now. building, I'm getting better on the time, the timeline. It's getting, I'm getting a lot of data in there because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that have been thrown out. You know, things, that, oh, we knew this and should have done this here. And it's like, okay, let's <laughs> take a look at that. And I'm starting to look at the dates and times. You, you know, the, the, it's not telling the story that you're seeing in the headlines. Sure. Now, we have people we've elected to make good decisions. We also need to realize that our human beings are going to make some good decisions, some bad decisions. We need to be alarmed when it's time to be alarmed. Um, we've given ourselves an unusual president uh, who... I don't know that anybody could argue was qualified for the job. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody could argue that he brings all the personal characteristics we should have. Yet he got elected and he got elected because the political establishment of both parties didn't give 
a better alternative. And that's what the political establishment has still not received the memo from the American people. We don't like the way you're acting. Right. Rich, you said this in episode one, way back when, when there weren't, when there weren't these immediate pressures, you've been, you've been saying that same thing. And, um, right. and, and so, yeah. so you look at where we are today and it looks like the Democrats are going to do it again. They've got the inside establishment candidate, clearly a guy not sharp, who has a terrible track record, and he, he's going to be at the top of the ticket. Now, he could pull this out by the right vice president, and he said he's going to nominate a woman as vice president. So now we shall see. Would he be able to get the kind of policy energy and the clarity from Elizabeth Warren, would she take the job? You know, I think she changed the dynamic of the election in the fall. I think she'd be a very, very big factor. Will he go safe and try to pick up Amy Klobuchar, yet another senator from the Midwest, but maybe without the experience on policy? She's a really good campaigner. And, you know, the other person that's showing well, and, you know, as a Michigan man, I'm very proud to see Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah, she's she's um, turning up on the national Sunday news shows and such now. Yeah, she's she's popping up all over the place now. She's new in the job. Generally, I like what she's doing in the state of Michigan. And, you know, she would, I, I think, uh, do the ticket proud. And clearly the Democrats are aiming at Michigan. Whether she could help care of the state, that's probably a decent bet yeah. on their part. Michigan notwithstanding, and I do this to you every week, so I'm not going to fail to do it again. If, if you had your choice between Whitmer and Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Tulsi's been in, you know, she's been in the in the national, she has more national experience than, than Whitmer does. Would you, which one would you choose as a vice president for Biden? Oh, I think I'd probably pick Tulsi Gabbard. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd pick her because of the international experience. Yeah. She's and the fact that she's been veteran. formulating a policy from the view of a, a president hopeful, presidential yeah. hopeful. Yeah. Whereas um, Governor Whitmer is just new in her job, and you'd be uh, betting that she's not going to get overrun uh, in the debates and on the campaign trail. Exactly. That, that's that's my concern about Whitmer. And, and you said yeah, this and about Tulsi. And I watched Tulsa. her do a, 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 an interview mm -hmm. um, with, I think it was Trace Gallagher over the weekend. Yeah, were you impressed or not or what? Very. Okay, until good. she and, and And then he tried baiting her. And I'm, I was literally yelling at the TV screen, <laughs> don't take the bait, don't take the bait. And you could see he kind of, he rocked her when he, he rattled off a, a number of things that she wasn't doing. You know, a, a more seasoned person would probably have stepped back and said, all the options are on the table. We're looking at everything. Today, we think we've made the appropriate response we're going to be looking at what the conditions on the ground are. Sure, it's fluid. And, you know, it could change yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you could almost see her about to take the bait and start repeating the words that were in the question, and that's deadly. You, <laughs> she, you can't win that. Right, right. So uh, anyway, I, I hope that she's she does great. I right. mean— uh, well, Rich, you know. again, this is always my deal to try to wake you up somewhere and get, and get your opinion. Is there anything else you want to talk about before I let you go? Because I know you don't enjoy this. You enjoy the common bridge, but I do like to pick your ear every now and then. Uh, Brian, I appreciate the fact that 
you're putting these podcasts together and really cool to see a growing audience. And I just hope that people can join together and find out what unites us and demand that people we elect and the people that service us from a news point of view do a better job. Rich, thanks a whole lot for your time and uh, try to get some rest. All right. You take care, Brian. All right. See you. Thank you. You have been listening to Richard Helpy's Common Bridge podcast, recording and post-production provided by Stunt3 Multimedia. All rights are reserved by Richard Helpy. For more information, visit richardhelpy.com.